Today is Tuesday, February 28th, 2023. The White House endorses gain-of-function research. Biden administration holds cringe Black History Month celebration. And Joe Biden comes out as anti-white. Mike Davis joins the show. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. Are you sick and tired of communists coming through and ruining absolutely everything in your life? I certainly am. It's actually what this entire show is about. Communists coming through and ruining everything good we have going on in this country, including your meat supply. Did you know that 60% of the pork in America comes from one company owned by the Chinese and their hogs are given dangerous injections, which are banned in 160 countries, including China. Yet you find it in your grocery store aisle every single day. There's a better way. Let me tell you about Moink. Moink delivers grass fed, grass finished beef and lamb, pasteurized pork and chicken, sustainable wild caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Moink farmers farm like your grandparents did. And there ain't nothing wrong with that. As a result, Moink meat tastes like it should because the family farm does it better. You choose your meat delivered straight to your doorstep in every single box, like ribeyes, chicken breast, pork chops, salmon filet. That is what my wife loves so very much. Plus, you can cancel any time. Moink is helping save rural America, and I care a lot about that. That's where I come from. I love it, and you will too. Join the Moink movement today. Keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com backslash Benny right now. And listeners of the show get a free filet mignon in every single box. I had one this weekend. It sizzled on my grill. It was absolutely delicious. That's one year with the best filet mignon you will ever taste for a limited time. M-O-I-N-K box.com backslash Benny. That's moinkbox.com backslash Benny. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, getting into the meat and the potatoes of our show today. Dilbert has been canceled, like officially, like for real, for real, like Scott Adams is totally and completely canceled. Why did that happen? Dilbert is one of the funniest and most uh, treasured and longstanding comic strips in American history. It's been going on for a very, very long time. So why did Scott Adams get canceled? Very interesting here. Uh, Dilbert, the comic strip written by Scott Adams, has been canceled because of a racist tirade advising his followers to get the F away from black people. The largest newspaper publisher in the U.S. said it will stop publishing the comic book strip immediately. Remarks made by the creator and his online show, Real Coffee with Scott Adams. He said it there. Uh, Dilbert was canned by 77 newspapers. Uh, in September, due to its uh, controversial plot lines, the comic book has been in uh, circulation since 1989. Uh, it's not just that. Dilbert's been canceled by all newspapers, websites, calendars, uh, according to its creator, because I gave advice that everyone agreed with. Syndication and partner canceled me as well. This is what Scott Adams has been tweeting. Scott Adams also tweeting, my publisher for non-Dilbert books has canceled my upcoming book and the entire blacklist. Still no disagreement about my point of view. Uh, what was his point of view? Scott Adams was talking about a poll, and that poll polled Americans about race. I think it is a dubious poll, especially based on the way that the poll questions were written. But that poll question was written in a way to elicit, I believe, a specific response from people, and close to 50% of black people uh, said that it's not okay to be white. Scott Adams who is 65 years old, went on to then label those people a hate group, citing that the poll found nearly half of black people are not okay with white people, according to the Daily Mail. So Scott Adams gets completely canceled for his response to that 
pull factor. Now, that pull factor is deeply troubling. I mean, let's just begin with that. Like, that is by definition racist, okay? So the definition of racism is not being okay with someone else's race, wanting to discriminate against someone based on their race, saying that they shouldn't be their race. Their race is either inferior or your race is superior, so on and so forth. And so that is definitionally racism. Now, what Scott Adams is doing is definitionally racism, and what the people in the poll were doing is definitionally racism. But will the people who answered that in the poll get canceled? Of course not. In fact, they'll probably get featured by the New Yorker magazine-owned The Cut. The Cut, which is a, I don't, like, a like a publication uh, that is extremely racialized and for like Chardonnay moms living on the Upper East Side in New York, did a pithy video where they asked black people, uh, what's What's essentially good about white people? And these were the responses. See if you can find any difference between these responses about white people and what Scott Adams is saying. I'll let you decide. Go. What are white people superior at? <laughs> exactly what white people are superior at. They're real good at violence. Violence. Genocide. It's like stealing people's lives just because they feel like it. If you are white and you know this is happening and you say nothing, then you're a killer too. What exactly are white people superior at? Insecurity. Pretending. Fear. Being fearful of nothing. Being ignorant. Blame. Letting their egos control their every move. Superior at being dicks. What exactly are white people superior at? Oppression. Gaslighting. Lack of empathy. Intellectualizing oppression. Did I say oppression? What exactly are white people superior at? Taking what's not there. Taking shit. Taking our ideas. Copycatting. Gentrification. Appropriating things that do not belong to them. Taking over other people's cultures and making you believe that they invented it. Maybe they're thinking of it as repurposing. It's like. Okay. So. Why are those people not canceled? It's a great question. Because if you're going to have a society that lives by certain moral maxims, and I'm okay with the maxim that you shouldn't judge people by their skin color. I'm all right with that. I'm all right with that. As somebody who lived in a, as somebody who was the only white guy in an all black neighborhood in Washington, D.C., where I lived for the better part of 15 years, coached the football teams, had a lot of great friends on the block, um, I can tell you that it's really wrong to judge individuals by their skin color. It sh- you should be judging individuals by their actions. Now, all of those people would probably claim MLK as their lord and savior. They'd say that MLK is their hero and, and possibly the greatest American who ever lived. Every single one of those individuals. Yet not a single one of them would be able to quote for you effectively the plaque at the foot of the Lincoln Memorial that has an MLK quotation emblazoned on it which says, don't judge me by my skin, judge me by my actions. There were people in our neighborhood in Washington, D.C. that were criminals. Well, how do I know that? Because they behaved criminally. They shot people in my front yard and they nearly burned down my house. I mean, they did burn down our block. It was a row house and smoke billowed into my home, billowed into my child's bedroom, my infant child's bedroom. It led to us leaving D.C. But judging every single individual by the amount of melanin in their skin which is how you get the color of your skin based on where your ancestors came from a thousand years ago and their proximity to the equator. Well, that's straight up evil. Evil, not only that, it's it's unchristian. So like as Christians and as moral Americans who read our founding documents, it's just wrong to be racist. 
And it's really important to judge people by the content of their character and not by the color of their skin. I think this is just like a simple moral maxim. Now, what happens when an entire political party in a two-party system decides to throw that out and decide to be what they've always ever been, the Democrat Party, which is a racist party, in fact, which is a party of racists and people that want to use demographics and iconography in order to divide people for power. Because that's what's happening right now. The issue has become that instead of being white supremacists and founding the KKK and so on, go look at the original chart of the KKK. The original chart of the KKK is to hunt down free blacks and Republicans. We'll tweet it after the show. That's the original chart of the KKK. Jim Crow laws were created by Democrats, every single damn one of them. This is why they looked at JFK as a traitor, because JFK wanted to get get rid of that. So all of these evil policies created by a system and a party that has always wished to divide people for power, it's just that the power structures have now shifted away from a predominantly you know, away from the ma- the maximum of power and how you get power in a neo-Marxist worldview is to destroy the systems of power that currently stand. And so now Democrats have just completely swung to the other side of the racist spectrum. Instead of minorities, instead of black people, now it's just totally okay. Open racism against white people. It is as evil, both are evil, both are wrong. And what's crazy is that all those people in the cut, I mean, uh, like all those individuals in that video we just showed you and that seething racist video that we just showed you that were just quantifying all white people as dicks, as oppressors, as killers, as genocidal. Every one of them probably voted for the guy that said this. And the other thing we should do is we should challenge these students. We should challenge students in these schools to have advanced placement programs in these schools. We have this notion that somehow if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids, wealthy kids, black kids, Asian kids. No, I really mean it, but think how we think about it. Poor kids are as talented as white kids. Huh? Okay. Well, uh, that's, I mean... Whoa, like Scott Adams is getting canceled? Is what Scott Adams says somehow worse than that? How about saying you're not black if you don't vote for me? Huh? But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Did Scott Adams say that Barack Obama is a clean black person and that's why he's magic man? Because that's what Joe Biden said. We have him on tape saying it. Listen. I mean, you got the first sort of mainstream African American yes. who is articulate and bright and and, and clean and nice looking guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that's a storybook, man. Whoa, Obama's clean. I mean, these people voted for that guy. Where's the intellectual consistency? Where's the moral thread? Through all of this, shouldn't Joe Biden be disqualified from holding any office ever because of these comments against black people and and these comments against, I don't know, Indians running Dunkin Donuts? 
from India, you cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. To fully, am I, I'm not joking. Oh, it's gigantic. So Scott Adams is canceled and Joe Biden is not. Well, that don't make no sense. Why is that exactly? Well, it is because of deconstruction, a neo-Marxist tactic in order to divide and to erode American norms for power. That is why Joe Biden gives a specific political worldview, a poisonous, cancerous worldview that has utterly possessed demonically the left. He gives them power. So Joe Biden will never be canceled, even though those things are just as odious as what Scott Adams says. You know, listen, people, like you have to have some type of moral consistency, right? Like you have to have some type of moral Christian foundational consistency. God will judge all of us individually. And I think we should also judge each other individually, period. So why is it that Joe Biden can straight up get away with going to the White House yesterday, standing before a black audience and saying effectively all white people are stupid? Joe Biden, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. Seems like Joe Biden is essentially trying to piss off both people on either side of this argument. And Joe Biden is maybe trying to uh, get his own reparations for past comments here. The subtext there is that Joe Biden saying that all white people are stupid. Okay, here's him saying it. I I, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. (laughs) I know where the power is. I know where the po- you think I'm joking. I learned a long time ago about the man. He says it perfectly right there. I know where the power is, man. You can always trust on Joe. You can always trust Joe Biden. He's like a like a like a speak and spell Teddy Ruxpin style care. You just pull the cord. He's like Woody from Toy Story. Somebody's poisoned the water hole. You can always trust Joe Biden. Just straight up say it. He's just going to straight up tell you. There's no subtext there. There's no political patina. There's no uh, beautiful wordsmithing. There's no hiding behind lofty rhetoric. Joe Biden, you can trust because of the dementia and the erosion in the brain that he's just going to straight up say it. Uh, I'm white, but I'm not stupid. I know where the power is. It's an exact quote. Joe Biden admitting that the uh, black leaders in Congress don't even talk to him anymore because he's such an embarrassment. Here you go. Campaign for him, too. I don't know what this means. They don't talk to me anymore, though. I'm only kidding. And the civil rights and business leaders are here today. And by the way, I've worked a long time. So Joe Biden goes into saying he's worked a long time for the civil rights movement. Now, this is a man who held hands with a the, uh, as far as my knowledge, the last Grand Wizard KKK Dragon Master of the Senate, Robert Byrd. Joe Biden loved Robert Byrd. They were close friends. This is a man, Joe Biden, who said the N-word. We can't even play these clips for you. You know, I said to our producer, ALX, go find me the most racist things Joe Biden's ever said. You can find Joe Biden saying the N-word straight into a microphone in Congress back in the 70s and 80s. You can find Joe Biden passing crack laws that apply to millions of young black men, but never his own son. You want to talk about real white privilege. And, you know, you can find Joe Biden being against policies 
like integrating the busing that would be seen right now as viciously racist. So Joe Biden has to do what they always do and rewrite his own history and lie. Joe Biden wants to rewrite his history to say that he was a civil rights champion. Watch. Most of those songs for a simple reason. As my buddy from Delaware can tell you, when you're involved in the civil rights movement as a kid in high school, I used to go down to the black church. I go to 730 mass. I'm a practicing Catholic. Then I go to 10 o'clock and then we sit and plan what we're going to do in terms of decent. You think I'm joking? I'm not. And uh, the only drawback I had, uh, Jim, I, everybody thought I was a good guy, except I can't sing worth a damn. <laughs> my dad, when he was a college age, he didn't go to college, but he had a band. And my dad played the, a reed instrument. He played the saxophone and the clarinet. And he could sing and he could dance. He looked at me once and I said, Joe, I don't know where you came from, honey. Yeah, you, you have no lip. <laughs> you can't sing. And you can't carry a tune in a wheelbarrow. But I still love you anyway. But at any rate. Thank you all so much. I mean this sincerely. Raise your hand if you think that abortion up to the point of birth and then beyond Joe Biden, cretinous villain who has lied and conjured and possessed every moment of his political career uh, for every aspect of demonic evil in the, <laughs> that you could possibly imagine, been on the side of... Every dark Black Sabbath bill in, in this in the last 50 years in this country, again, Joe Biden, who says his own pope is wrong on the issue of abortion, who Pope Ratzinger, when he died, said Joe Biden better not be at my funeral. That was one of his requests. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that Joe Biden went to two church services a day? Do you believe this? Do you believe that that guy, the guy who raised Hunter Biden, the guy who stole another man's wife, we did a whole story on it. Joe Biden stole another dude's wife. Joe Biden was married at the time, stole another guy's wife. You think that guy went to two church services a day? He's repeated this story before. Watch. And let's lay one thing to rest. I may be a practicing Catholic. I used to go to 730 mass every morning in high school and then in college before I went to the black church. Not a joke. Andy knows this. The black church. Okay. Huh? Like, again, what? And does this guy look like a man who's gone to the black church? Okay, I'm going to play you a video. Does this look like a man who's attended black church? Go. Come on, clap your hands, all you people. Uh, no, that looks like a man who's terrified about what's going on right now. Of course, Joe Biden didn't attend a black church. There's actually a fact check on this. Biden talked of attending a black church as a team, but members don't recall it. Interviews with longtime church members who are raising questions about the story. Biden befriended Herring as an adult, but they say they do not recall him ever attending black church as a teenager. Phyllis Drummond Herring, longtime assistant who attended Union Baptist for 39 years, says that said she was not involved with any church in the early 1960s but does think that Biden 
uh, Biden attended at that time. No, not at our building. Sorry, there's a butchered quote here. This is the parishioner saying, no, Joe Biden did not attend church at our building. I think it was probably somewhere in Delaware or Pennsylvania then, but no, he never attended our church. So this is Joe Biden lying about going to church. This is like what a moral person does. But more importantly, this obsession with race, what is it about on the political left? What is this, this double standard and this denigration and this obsession with race? I think there's something far bigger and far darker going on here. And there's a reason why, ladies and gentlemen, it's called deconstruction. And it's very cringy. It's very cringy when you take these old white politicians and you ask them to try and repeat Bible verses in a soulful way. It never ends well. This is Joe Biden doing it yesterday. As the gospel song sings, we've come too far from where we started. Nobody told me the road would be easy. I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. Folks, folks, I don't think the good Lord brought us enemies this far to leave us behind. We just have to remember. We just have to remember who we are. We're the United States of America, and there's nothing beyond our capacity. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So happy Black History Month. May God bless you all, and enjoy the reception which starts after the next performance that I'm about that's about to be announced. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Joe Biden. Every single time that a beleaguered, crusty, lying Democrat politician goes before a black church audience, they are handed a specific verse to read in order to try and rile up that audience. It's always that verse. And it never ends well. That one ended with Joe Biden just sort of like staring off into the middle distance and screaming. And speaking of screaming, protect your ears, ladies and gentlemen. This is our nuclear cringe for the day. Let's time travel back to when Hillary Clinton was running for president and told y'all she don't feel no ways tired. Get ready, ladies and gentlemen. Nuclear cringe. Hillary version. Let's go. no ways tired I come too far from where I started from nobody told me that the road would be easy I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me are your ears bleeding I ain't no ways tired I come too far is she doing like her Wicked Witch of the West impression? What is it? What, what is this accent? And why isn't that more racist and demeaning to use that accent in a black church? Lady, you live on the Upper East Side. You're a senator from New York. What, why are you talking like that? Isn't that more racist to utilize that accent? Where are these people getting canceled? Oh, wait, they won't get canceled. Hillary won't get canceled. And racist Joe Biden won't get canceled. Joe Biden has come out as racist against Indian people, Asians, black people, white people. We've never had a more racist president. Well, why aren't they getting the cancellation treatment, ladies and gentlemen? Well, because this is all part of the plan. There's a spectacular article in Zero Hedge about deconstruction. And I feel like it's very, very important to break down what this movement is about. 
and why the neo-Marxists need deconstruction. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to read to you just a little bit from the article here because I think that this just absolutely knocks it out of the park. Globalism and progressivism, authoritarianism, has been inching forward for a long time in the U.S., but only in the past 10 years has the agenda become so obvious to the general public. During the COVID lockdowns and mandates, people finally witnessed the true intentions of the political left, which is widely supported draconian restrictions and brutal punishments for people who refuse to comply. A large number of Democrats even supported Chinese-style COVID lockdowns taking children away from parents, forced internment. This is the face of the true political left. Yes, there are moderates and issue-focused progressives, but these people tend to keep their mouths shut and go along to get along. When it comes to the woke extremists, the moderates are useless and rarely call out the gatekeepers on their own side. To understand how we got to this place in our society and why leftist politics are poisonous to freedom-loving people, you must understand the concept of deconstruction. The purpose of deconstruction is to pick away at the fundamental systems and definitions and attempt to show them to be inherently flawed, problematic, or absurd. Usually, this method relies on abstraction, appeal to emotion, subjective experience, rather than true analysis. In fact, critical analysis is considered the enemy of social justice because it places facts and evidence above subjective experience and feelings. Does the Democrat Party feel like a party driven entirely and totally by what you're feeling right now and today? that they prey upon people's feelings. Yes, of course it does. Emotional and self-absorbed people are easy to control. Critical people that value reason are harder to control. For leftists to prevail, they must destroy critical thought and encourage reactionary emotion as the norm in society. And if that doesn't work, radical leftists argue the burning primary systems to the ground by force is preferred. You saw this in the 2020 year of BLM and Antifa. The end game for them is not necessarily to be right. The end game is to win. The deconstruction mindset views nothing as sacred, and that includes a moral compass. While arguing from the position of moral superiority, the left will often rationalize highly immoral practices like racism. For example, this is why we see aggressive attempts for the left to normalize the indoctrination of very young children into trans activism. This is why we're seeing hundreds of thousands of gender-affirming clinics with procedures for children springing up all over the country. Sexualized reading materials, kids at drag shows, sexualized drag shows. This is why some leftists in the media are even promoting pedophiles as a victim status group. This is the inevitable progression of a deconstruction ideology. Morality is a binary based on what is right and what is wrong. So we can say it is wrong to be racist, but they can't. Why? Well, because they get power, actually, from being racist, and then they always have. It is the most vital binary for human survival, and without it, our species would self-destruct. But it seems to be exactly why leftists and the globalist puppeteers behind them want the deconstruction of morality. They see traditional morality as a restrictive and oppressive dynamic, another binary that must be eliminated. Thus, they propose moral relativism instead. The idea that a conscience is merely a product of social conditioning and that the right and wrong, truth and lies, good and evil are based on personal preferences. The recipe for this is ultimate evil. Its philosophy is pure chaos. When the individual conscience becomes the enemy of society because it is considered an act of discrimination, then only evil can prevail. And that is what you see here, ladies and gentlemen, all across society. You see literal evil prevailing on the basest levels. You see people repulsed by their own heritage, 
disgusted by the own con- their own country. You see them self-hating. You see them hating their own ancestors on beautiful display, actually, was a uh, Black Panther communist Marxist who hates the founding of America, hates colonialism. Someone named Angela Davis, who is complicit in murder, should be behind bars right now for a murder that took place by the Black Panthers in the 1970s, where she bought the weapons for the murder inside of a courthouse in California. This person, of course, is allowed to be uh, cuddled and fostered by academia. And she just found out that she is the ancestor of one of the original pilgrims on the Mayflower. Oh, it's a beautiful moment. Just made for TV. Watch the woke patina melt down and evaporate and the hyperventilating of Angela Davis as she finds out that she herself is the ancestor of a a colonizer, a white slave-owning colonizer. That is a list of the passengers on the Mayflower. <laughs> no, I can't believe this. <laughs> no, <laughs> my ancestors did not come here on the Mayflower. You, your ancestors came no. on the Mayflower. No, no, no. You no. are descended no, no, no. from one of the 101 people who sailed on the Mayflower. Oof. That's a little bit too much (laughs) to deal with right now. Did you ever in your wildest dreams think that you may have descended from people who laid the foundation for this country? Never, (laughs) never, never. You should actually be proud of being a descendant from the Mayflower. You should be proud of it because America is the most equal and the most just system the greatest melting pot in world history. You should be proud of that ancestry. Instead, she is repulsed by it. Why? Because she is a neo-Marxist. Because these Marxists need deconstruction. They need to get people to hate each other. They need to get groups to be self-loathing. They need to deconstruct power. They need to swing the power paradigm towards any group that they see as currently maintaining power. They must atomize all morals And then they can seize ultimate power over you. There is no morality. There is no binary. There is no truth. There is simply power. That is why they say rest in power. They don't say rest in peace when one of their activists die. And they're after your children. This has become quite plain. This clip went insanely viral a couple of weeks ago from the Disney Channel, from a show called The Proud Family, Here are the cartoons that are being shoved in the faces of your children. The vicious lies of this cartoon are so numerous that we had to do like an entire like 30 minute takedown, fact check of it. We'll play you a little sampling right now. This country was built on slavery, which means slaves built this country. Tilled this land from sea to sea to sea. First there was rice, tobacco, sugar cane. Then Whitney did his thing and cotton became king. And we were its soldiers. Four million strong. Fighting for America's freedoms, even though we remained America's slaves. slaves. Built this country. The descendants of slaves continue to build this. Slaves built this country. And we, the descendants of slaves in America, have earned reparations for their suffering. And continue to earn reparations every moment we spend submerged in the system. 
systemic prejudice, racism, and white supremacy that America was founded with and still has not atoned for. Slaves built this country. Not only field hands, but carpenters, masons, blacksmiths, musicians, inventors built cities from Jamestown to New Orleans to Bannockhead, Washington. 40 acres and a mule. We'll take the 40 acres, keep the mule. We you made your family's rent. That is Soviet-level propaganda designed to poison the minds of your children. You should delete Disney Plus. You should delete every single Disney app that you have in your home. It is so righteous what is happening to Disney in the state of Florida for pushing that level of propaganda. Everything you just heard there is a lie. Everything. Everything. We have an entire full breakdown of it, but just off the top. First off, the... Slave population in America at its peak was only 2% of the country. Slavery was regressive for the economy of the South. The economy of the South degraded during the slash and burn slave sharecropping practices of slave owners. At its peak, cotton production from the South was 5% of all American GDP. That's not how you build a country. Where did slaves come from in America? Well, actually, slaves uh, predated the founding of America. Slaves were brought here by the colonists from the Netherlands. Colonists from France. Colonists from England. Colonists from the greater Britain and their colonies. That's where slavery came from. Slavery was already an archaic afterthought at the time of the American founding. And the majority of people at the Constitutional Convention wanted to do away with it with the stroke of a pen. That had to wait a couple of years towards the Civil War, where 500,000 Americans, predominantly white Americans, perhaps exclusively white Americans, with rare exception, fought to make the Constitution whole and to free those slaves forever in this country. So no, actually, Slaves did not build America. And America did everything, including sacrificing its young sons by the hundreds of thousands in order to get rid of that practice. Slavery was a regressive practice in the South. And no, slaves did not build America. In fact, America succeeded in spite of slavery, not because of it. And that is, those are the facts. And, and those are not the facts that are being given to your children. Why? Because the neo-Marxists wish for deconstruction. Why is Joe Biden able to get away with anti-white racism at the White House and every other type of racism throughout his political career? Why? He is a vector for neo-Marxists to try and atomize morality in this country. They must do this in order to gain full control. They need to rip all norms up in society. They need to separate the child from the parents. They need to separate your brain from the actual facts and realities. And how do they do that? Slogans like slaves built this country. And so we have to fight this back. We have to speak truth to power. These people want to take and wield power over you. They are moral relativists. They are atheists. And the entire tension and intention is never to have a moral guiding light, a North Star, right and wrong, black and white, good and bad. The intention is to confuse you, to frustrate you, 
and to destroy eventually the fabrics and the morals that hold a society together. That is why this was an, like this was very, very important to me as a parent. I will not allow this poison to infect my child's mind. That is why this is crucial for you as parents, maybe grandparents or soon to be parents, I hope, watching. Do not let this poison infect your children. This is the goal. Delete TikTok from their phones. Delete Disney, ladies and gentlemen. And let's keep fighting because this is where the real fight is. The atheistic globalist who wishes to dissolve all moral ties in our society, who wishes to project demonic and anti-Christian possession of every organ of power in this nation. And they move very fast. They have moved very fast. That's why we were discussing, obviously, at all racism, including, but not limited to, Joe Biden's anti-white racism at the White House. And, of course, his lies. We were also disgusted, of course, by Kamala Harris's cringe. Kamala Harris whipped out her accent at the White House uh, before an all-black audience for Black History Month. Check it out. I think he's going to get in. <laughs> Luckily for us, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, death of this movement will hopefully be through cringe. Hopefully they will just die of cringe listening to Hillary Clinton pander, Kamala Harris pander, Joe Biden pander. I mean, like we see clearly what's going on here. But this White House can't ever see clearly what's going on. The White House yesterday backed gain-of-function research. We did the entire show on gain-of-function research yesterday on COVID-19 and the lab leak. Uh, John Kirby the greasy little spokesperson for the Pentagon, straight up endorsed gain-of-function research at the White House. Now, this is the same day that the White House endorsed open racism against white people. Uh, it's hard for us to define, define which is worse and which is more corrosive uh, towards human existence. Well, COVID killed like 7 million people, so uh, I'm not sure. Maybe it's John Kirby. We're not exactly sure. Have a listen. Without uh, weighing in one way or the other on origin of the virus, you've made clear that there's no consensus. Does the president believe, though, that the reward outweighs the risk when it comes to gain-of-function research? Does the reward outweigh the risk when it comes to gain-of-function research? It's important to help prevent future pandemics, which means he understands that there has to be legitimate scientific research into the sources or potential sources of pandemics so that we understand it so that we can prevent them and we can prevent them from happening, obviously. Um, but he also believes, and, and, and this is why he wants the, the whole of government effort here to understand it, um, that that research has to be done, must be done in a safe and secure manner as and as transparent as possible to the rest of the world so that so people know what's going on. So I think that's a fancy way of saying yes. So I think that's a fancy way of saying, yeah. I mean, again, John Kirby is the greasiest, creepiest little cretin who gets rolled out every single time the White House needs to tell you something, tell you or sell you something evil. The White House in endorsing a neo-Marxist practice of race hatred the White House endorsing Dylan Mulvaney and the White House endorsing now gain of function research. 
and Dr. Fauci. KJP out defending Dr. Fauci. Cringe Jean-Pierre, big Fauci fan. Watch. So I, I do want to speak to Dr. Fauci because uh, the political attacks on someone like Dr. Fauci, who... Uh, and public officials more broadly, but Dr. Fauci, who has spent his career saving lives, uh, and um, you know whether it was the AIDS epidemic or as we are just uh, coming out of this uh, uh, COVID, this once in a generation pandemic, uh, these attacks have been counterproductive. They have not been helpful. Uh, this is someone again who has spent his almost entire career uh, fighting for the well-being, the health of the American people, and so. Oh, good. Do you feel like Dr. Fauci has fought for your health over the last couple of years? Do you feel like that as he has lied consistently and then utilized his uh, industrial pressure machine to blacklist other scientists that question the origins of COVID? Now that we know, I mean, obviously we knew years ago, three years ago, we did a documentary on COVID escaping from a lab. Glad to see that the world's caught up with us. We were right. We were right. We were right. Do you feel safer now that Dr. Fauci has masked your children for no reason? Do you feel safer now that Dr. Fauci has destroyed your economy and saddled you and your family with debt that you will never pay down for no reason? Do you feel safer now that there's permanent mail-in voting in Pennsylvania? Does that make you feel safe that there's drop boxes, unmanned drop boxes in Wisconsin? Are you safer now? Is your country better now? Because you had to stand on the six-foot dots at your grocery store? Did you guys have those stupid-ass things? The, like, plastic mats that were six feet apart? To show you how far you need to stand from people? That some Karen screamed at you for not masking up in between bites at your local cafe? You feel safer? It will, they, there's nothing they won't do to try and wreck this country to, to endorse full-fledged communism. And this is it. This is why we call them Marxists. And hopefully the entire wretched system will come crashing down as it did in Soviet Russia, ladies and gentlemen, because this is antithetical to God's plan. It's antithetical to human nature. We'll see. There's cracks in the edifice right now. Whistleblowers are threatening to name names in Biden, Inc. This according to Free Beacon. Gail Luft, the co-director of the Washington-based Institute for Analysis for Global Security, says that he provided information about Hunter Biden, his father, and his uncle Jim Biden to the Justice Department in March of 2019. Luft served as the advisor for the Chinese energy conglomerate run by the Bidens, aligned itself so closely to the Chinese government that it's often hard to distinguish between the two. This according to CNN. The group which donated at least $350,000 to Luft's think tank paid Hunter Biden at least $6 million. Luft's claim come as Hunter Biden's business partner, Eric Schwerin, has started cooperating with the House Oversight Committee investigation of Biden and his family business dealings. People are flipping. This is why it was so important. Our movement is so important. This is why it was so important to get the House. It was way too close. People like Romney McDaniel need to resign in disgrace because it was far too close. But ladies and gentlemen, it's a game of inches. This is why it is so important. Investigators have focused heavily on Hunter Biden's work with the Chinese energy company. The Justice Department has investigated Hunter Biden since 2018 over his taxes, taxes and foreign business dealings, though the cases appear to be focused on the first son's unpaid taxes. Luth's threat to name names comes after his arrest in Cyprus on charges that he illegally sold weapons to Libya and China. Oh, man. What a great family here, ladies and gentlemen. Joe Biden's former gatekeeper, 
to partially comply with House probe into family business, classified documents scandal. Good. Kathy Chung, President Biden's former primary gatekeeper, has agreed to partially comply with the House Oversight Committee's probe into the classified document scandal and the Biden family's international business schemes. People are flipping like French toast at a Waffle House, baby. Chung's lawyer, Bill Taylor, told CNN that she will hand over the requested documents and sit for an interview with the committee, which is investigating the Biden family for nine violations, including money laundering and wire fraud. It is also probing Biden's classified document scandal that will likely have been revealed to the public had it not been for a leaked CBS News report in January. Chung is a longtime confidant of the Biden family. In May 2012, Hunter proposed Chung as a candidate for the job in the vice president's office. Hunter described her potential responsibilities as replacing the primary gatekeeper for the VP and a conduit for everyone who goes into the vice president Biden's office. He also described the job as this person who handles personal stuff for Joe Biden. So this person is going to know quite a bit. Very much looking forward to hearing what comes out of James Comer's committee. James Comer joined us uh, last week uh, and w- it w- was really illuminating especially his charges, his talking about the charges of uh, sex trafficking through the Biden family. Dark stuff, man. House Oversight Committee demands Treasury testify about withholding suspicious Biden family bank records. We've told you time and time again, it is always about the bank records. The SARS reports, the specific, the suspicious activity reports, that's what a SAR stands for. Joe Biden's family was flagged for those 150 times. Suspicious activity reports are not easy to get. You have to be doing something truly violative, truly criminal. 150 suspicious activity reports, man. And now the Treasury Department is blackballing. Blackballing these House committees and hiding. This is the first time in history they have hidden private bank records that have been requested. Comer tries to is trying to work through the course to compel the relevant information. James Comer demanded the Treasury testify on March 10th about failing to produce the reports that it has previously failed to provide, citing improper disclosure of information that could reduce the Biden administration's ability to conduct law enforcement, intelligence, or national security activities. Oh, man. No, oh, this is going to blow up. And it's happening in slow motion. Very much a train wreck happening in slow motion And one of the conductors, ladies and gentlemen, of that train who is driving this administration bananas and right off the tracks is Mike Davis, founder of the Article 3 Project. And Mike, the best lawyer, I think, in the American Republic right now, joins the show. Would you be confident right now, Mike, and welcome to the show, uh, if you saw all of your business partners flipping and starting to speak with James Comer and his committee? This seems like a very bad news cycle for Joe Biden that they are trying to depress at at every turn. Yeah, it's not good. This Kathy Chung was then Vice President Joe Biden's right-hand woman gatekeeper uh, recommended by Hunter Biden. So Hunter Biden had uh, his his friend put in the VP's office to serve as the the gatekeeper for the VP. And then magically Hunter Biden starts making millions of dollars from Chinese and Ukrainian oligarchs because of uh, Hunter Biden's access to his father, Joe Biden, who's the vice president. And this is the same uh, vice president, Joe Biden, who Hunter said 
uh, gets a 10% cut, 10% is the big guy. Uh, then you have this uh, shady character, this Eric Swarwin, who, like you said, apparently was an arms dealer who's under investigation, apparently by the Biden Justice Department because he turned over too much information to the FBI in 2019. The question I have is uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland is investigating his boss, uh, his boss's son, his boss's brother right. in an international money, la- money laundering and influence peddling scheme. Why has why is Attorney General Merrick Garland investigating his boss and his boss's family? Why hasn't Attorney General Merrick Garland appointed a special counsel to look at this? Uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland appointed a special counsel on Trump's classified documents and Trump's involvement on January 6th. He uh, uh, grudgingly appointed a special counsel to investigate Biden's classified documents. Where, where is the special counsel uh, counsel to look in the, to the Biden crime family's shady uh, foreign business dealings with China and Ukrainian Chinese and Ukrainian oligarchs? Those, by the way, just happen to be the two biggest trouble spots in the world right now: uh, Ukraine, Russia, uh, and China. Uh, it's it's no coincidence that we have a weak corrupted, compromised president of the United States. And it seems like Russia and China are taking advantage of this weakness. Uh, it sounds, Mike, uh, your audio, uh, I just want to say this uh, from our end, sound, it sounds as though you're on a windy uh, staircase with Joe Biden. Um, and, and I know it would wind, wind wouldn't knock you over, but it certainly would knock Joe Biden over. So perhaps that's where this hit is coming from. Uh, we we can hear you, but it's, it's just incredibly windy. Um, per, that might have actually fixed it. Uh, we did want to ask you about this recent tweet. Might want to we okay that that may have actually fixed it. Thank you, Mike. We, we do we do want to ask you about your recent tweet uh, sent this morning about the subpoenas and about how the House committees have not been issuing subpoenas aggressively enough. Uh, can you unpack this for us? Yeah. So the House Republicans have been in power for two months, and they've known that they won back the House of Representatives one power for four months. And what were they doing during that four-month period to plan for congressional oversight when they take over the House of Representatives? Remember, we had to elect Kevin McCarthy as the speaker immediately so we did not slow down the congressional investigation agenda, the oversight agenda. So where the hell are the oversight hearings? Where the hell are the subpoenas? Uh, what What is going on? We have three critically important select committees. We have the, the, uh, the weaponization committee of the Biden Justice Department and the intel community. We have the COVID hoax committee, and we have the China committee. And the weaponization committee has only had one hearing on February 9th, and issued only three subpoenas. There are no future hearings listed. Uh, Jim Jordan is chairing this select subcommittee. It's part of the House Judiciary Full Committee. He's the chairman of the full committee. I think he's overextended here. He has he, he's he's trying to do too much. He needs to appoint a subcommittee chairman or a subcommittee vice chairman who can run this thing in his place. He doesn't have a dedicated subcommittee staff. He doesn't have a chief counsel. He doesn't have a staff. Uh, from what I understand, he doesn't want to staff up this subcommittee because he thinks it's going to give the Democrats too much staff. Well, my response is 
The Democrats already have too much staff. That's called the FBI. It's called the CIA. It's called the Intel Committee. This is a very important committee, and there's there's not a lot going on. It seems like it's Benghazi style. It's performative. We need to get moving on this. We have the Select Committee on the Coronavirus. They only issued three letters yesterday, three letters yesterday. There are no oversight hearings scheduled, no subpoenas issued. They're having a roundtable today. Are they going to sit, sit around and sing Kumbaya with the Democrats and Tony Fauci? They, the Democrats use the, the COVID hoax to shut down our economy, to shut down our schools. They use bad science on masking and social distancing. They crushed us for two plus years. They This coronavirus was funded by Tony Fauci in the Wuhan lab. He lied about it. He covered it up. It, ki- it killed millions of people around the world. It caused trillions in damage. It wrecked our lives for two years. We need to get moving on subpoenas and oversight to figure out what went wrong. And so this never happens again. There's the China committee. We are getting our lunch eaten by China. They are taking over every institution in America, universities, uh, big tech, big media. They're even, their woke ideologies even taking over our military. We have to combat the Chinese threat. We have an organizational meeting. They're just getting organized today. They're just having their first hearing tonight. What is taking so long? Why is this taking two months after their hand at the gavels when they've known they're going to get the hand at the gavels for four months? If you go on the clerk of the house websites, they don't even have office space listed. They don't have telephone numbers listed. What is going on? And this is a lack of leadership. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy needs to get moving on oversight. We have a short window of opportunity. We could lose the House. You need to issue subpoenas. You need to, when the Biden Justice Department tells us to stuff our subpoenas where the sun don't shine, we need to be able to get into court and get court orders. This takes months to do. Uh, I did congressional hearings. I did 30 of them for then chairman, Senate Judiciary Committee chairman, Chuck Grassley. We had uh, 30 uh, nominations hearings. We had 41 markup meetings. We, We oversaw 278 floor votes. We confirmed Justice Kavanaugh, Justice Gorsuch, a record number of uh, of lower court judges in President Trump's first two years in office. This is an addition. This is one slither of then Chairman Chuck Grassley's work on the Senate Judiciary Committee. He also had oversight. He also had legislation. He also had like five other committees on which he worked. He also had his Iowa work where he went to 99 counties every year. These chairmen of these House committees need to stop being show horses, they need to start being workhorses. And if they don't know what they're doing, go talk to Chuck Grassley's oversight and investigation staff. They're happy to talk to them. They will train them. They will show them what to do. They will make sure they look good. So, uh, Mike, hot on the presses right now is Dr. Fauci gain of function. And you mentioned the coronavirus task force there. If you were uh, working for that coronavirus task force, how would you get that canary to sing? I would call in, I would subpoena Tony Fauci to testify. I don't know if Biden would assert some sort of executive privilege or not, because he, you know, he claims to be the chief medical advisor at the White House, but he's also the director uh, of the National Institute for Allergies and Infectious Diseases. He clearly has gone before Congress before in that role, and he can go before Congress again. I would call him in. I would grill him about uh, about how he funded a subcontractor 
that gave money to the Wuhan lab. And that's how this coronavirus got out. He, Tony Fauci knows that he was not supposed to fu fund gain-of-function research. So he did it through a subcontractor. Illegally, he funded this research uh, through this subcontractor. Gain-of-function research is highly contagious. It's very dangerous. That's why we don't fund it. He funded it anyway. It escaped from this Wuhan lab. The FBI and the Department of Energy have come to this conclusion. He's lied about it. He's lied about it to Congress. He covered it up for three years now. It caused millions of deaths, trillions in lost treasure, three years of our lives destroyed. He has to be held accountable for this. They need to be held accountable for colluding with big tech and big media to censor people. They need to be held. They need to hold accountable their actions with the teachers unions to use COVID as an excuse to shut down schools. They need to look at the bad science they use on masks that don't work, on social distancing that doesn't work. These destructive measures destroyed our economy and destroyed so many lives. Think about the de Democrats pretend like they care about minorities. They don't, but they pretend like they care about black kids and Hispanic kids. They clearly don't care about Asian kids. They've made that clear with their affirmative action cases. But with black kids and Hispanic kids, these are already kids on the margin. They generally have they, they, they usually live with their mom at home. Their mom works many different jobs. They have to go to school to get breakfast, to get lunch, to get medical treatment, to make sure that they're getting psychological treatment. They weren't getting that for two plus years during COVID because these teachers unions are so greedy and lazy that they shut down these schools. Uh, uh, Randy Weingarter worked with the Biden CDC, with, with even with the Trump CDC. They shut down schools in this country, and that destroyed many lives. It wasn't wealthy people in the suburbs who had a mom at home that could homeschool. These are poor Black and Hispanic kids that had their lives destroyed. They were physically abused. They were sexually abused, malnourished, treated badly. They're, they're already several years behind in reading and math in school. They're several more years behind. This is going to trap these kids in poverty send many of them to prison. It's just going to be intergenerational poverty. And frankly, that's what the Democrats want. They want poor minority people trapped in poverty. It creates a class of victims so Democrats can pretend like they're the champions for these people when in reality they keep them trapped in poverty. And that's what COVID did. It was the most destructive thing possible for minorities. And Democrats pretend like they care about equity as they're trapping people in poverty. Yeah, if you actually cared about poverty, if you cared about poor people, you'd be in East Palestine. Yeah, you'd be helping. You'd you'd be you'd be assisting in a uh, in an economy that has been utterly gutted by globalism, uh, that is filled with poor people that need help right now because of some because of a cancer and a toxin that was placed in their in their town that they didn't deserve. But you don't see anything. I mean, Donald, Donald Trump has to force them to act in East Palestine. It, it yeah, is deeply, deeply corrupt and is deeply wrong. Uh, Mike, I wanted to ask you a final question here as it pertains to the Steve Bannon rule. Uh, this is something that I've been trying to like drive at. And James Comer was on the uh, program on Friday. And so he really wanted to drive at this. Like uh, our friend Steve Bannon, like may still face jail time for not singing and dancing uh, for the January 6th committee. It, will, will Republicans use that rule against people like Dr. Fauci, Hunter Biden, and so on? No, because Republicans are weak and stupid, right? And that that's been the Repu the Republican Party's problem for decades. Where we are weak and stupid. We we are country. We don't like to fight. We don't like to take off the gloves. We don't like to punch. We don't like to get our hands dirty. 
we just want to we, we just want to, you know, take the high road all the time. Remember what happened with Trump. They used January 6th to go after President Trump to, to uh, you know, the second impeachment hoax. They're trying to go after Trump. They're trying to go after Trump's tr- top supporters. They're trying to go after uh, Trump's top aides. With his top aides in the White House, they have executive privilege. Executive privilege allows presidents to have confidential discussions with his top advisors inside the White House and outside the White House, going back to George Washington. And so the president can get candid advice more than 250 years. President Biden's Justice Department, Attorney General Merrick Garland, has completely weaponized, politicized and weaponized his Justice Department against Trump, Trump's top supporters, Trump's top aides. And there is apparently now a Trump derangement syndrome exception to executive privilege where you can run over executive privilege, 250 years of executive privilege to get Trump. And it's just not right. And the the fact that they're trying to trying to put Steve Bannon in jail for four months because President Trump asserted executive privilege, validly, legally asserted constitutional executive privilege. And Steve Bannon was required to follow executive privilege. And so the Democrats held him in contempt of Congress and the Biden Justice Department prosecuted him is is unbelievable. And this needs to get up to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court justices need to grow a backbone and they need to stand up for the presidency. This is much bigger than Donald Trump, because like you said, Ben, this is going to come back and invite Democrat presidents in the future. I, I hope House Republicans start using their subpoena power to call in Hunter Biden, to call in James Biden, to call in Tony Fauci. But here we are two months into the Republican controlled Congress and, you know, they're having roundtables. So right. who knows? Right. I mean, uh, listen, if you understood optics at all, this would be the week to drag Tony Fauci in. This would be the week. The entire world is talking about there. There are news reporters capped at, camped outside of his house. Yeah. And this it's- would be the time to put him under the lights. Now would be the time to break the man and nothing. Well, okay, we will continue to drive. We will continue to push. Thank you, Mike Davis, so much for your work inside the belly of the beast. Article 3 Project is where people can find you. Also, shout out your social media handles. It's uh, at article3project.org, at article3project.org. And my personal is at M-R-D-D-M-I-A, M-R-D-D-M-I-A. That's my initials in Des Moines, Iowa. So thank you. All right. Come on, 100,000 followers, people. He's at 90. He's almost over... 100,000 followers for Mike Davis. No one deserves it more. Thank you so much, Mike. Thanks, Ben. Ladies and gentlemen, dark, dark show, man. Dark show. It's true, though. You have to call out your enemy. If you cannot name your enemy, if you cannot drag him into light, then then your enemy hides in darkness and is able to just destroy your country. This rabbit hole goes down so far into the occult, into atheistic Communist Party of China. Uh, this is the battle that we're fighting. It is a spiritual battle. It is a battle of possession. And there are stages of demonic possession. And we are in the oppression stage right now. And they are trying to, they are trying to push this, this vicious racism. They're trying to push the closing of our churches the separation of our children from us as parents, they're trying to push that upon us and we must stand athwart and say no. And somebody's doing that. Ron DeSantis, man. Ron DeSantis for the parents of Florida and for parents actually all over the country uh, effectively yesterday signed a bill that stripped Disney 
of its crony capitalism here inside of the state of Florida. DeSantis signed a bill stripping Disney's control of Reedy Creek District. Governor celebrates corporate kingdom coming to an end, orders them to pay $700 million in debt and taxes. I mean, Disney should just be canceled forever for their uh, despicable, repugnant, uh, factually deeply incorrect slavery built America uh, cartoon that they published. But we'll take this. Small victories, ladies and gentlemen, watch. How do you give one theme park its own government and then treat all the other theme parks differently? And so we believe that um, that that was not good policy. We believe being joined at the hip with this one California-based company was not something that was justifiable or sustainable. And so we said we we're going to do something about it. And so now we're basically... Disney's going to be treated like SeaWorld is treated or like any of these others. And that's really uh, the, the, the fair thing to do. So I'll be signing the bill momentarily, and that will officially end the self-governing status uh, here in Central Florida for Disney. There's one thing that the Marxist understands, only one. It certainly isn't moral arguments. It is power. It is pain. The execution of power and pain against them, utilizing their tactics against them. So Disney has been effectively canceled. Ron DeSantis officially took control of Disney's Reedy Creek Development District in a war against the corporate kingdom in a move that will give him the power to select the board and to force them to pay $700 million in back taxes. It comes as the governor, Florida's first lady, Casey DeSantis, admitted the irony that they got married at Disney. Hmm, didn't know that. DeSantis celebrated with the stroke of a pen ending Disney's corporate kingdom, and he vowed to make the company pay its fair share of taxes. The Sunshine State uh, now has the power over the formerly self-governing state within a state, which of course was always wrong, was always evil. And I think it's hysterical how these people will now, the anti-corporatists, right? The corporate greed party will advocate endlessly for Disney to somehow have a state within a state which should be constitutionally illegal a corporation that runs its own state, hmm, that seems like something that leftists just a couple of years ago would be screaming about. But Disney, it's okay then when Disney does it because they say that slaves built America. They're echoing and parroting our race hatred propaganda. So it's okay when Disney does it. Disney films Mulan uh, right next to the Xinjiang prison camps and concentration camps. And we love that. Where else would we get our LeBron James Nikes? Hmm. Dark days, ladies and gentlemen, we must seek truth. Truth. I mean, just the idea of a black and a white, a good and an evil. Truth. The idea of a fact. Rational, critical thinking. That is what is being attacked right now. And so we must go back to the truth every single show in order to reorient ourselves. Our scripture for today, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Matthew 26 41. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, there will always be temptations. A temptation that we fight every single day on the show uh, is discouragement. Something that I have a day-to-day -day battle with is being demoralized because sometimes we have to bring you shows like today where you have a, a president who's coming out as like against his own race at the White House. All white people are stupid, but I'm not one of them, says possibly the dumbest white person ever lived. Man, you get discouraged. Do not enter into that temptation. Your flesh, ladies and gentlemen, will be weak. 
We are fallen creatures. We are fallen. We are led by men. They are fallen. Always has been. Always will be. But God, God is just. And God is righteous. And God will have the victory in the end. And so we can put our faith in him and not in all these cretinous clowns, neo-Marxist clowns that are uh, thinking that they're in charge. They're not. And they'll find out. They'll find out. We know because we know the end result, ladies and gentlemen, of living a good life, living a life that is structured like this, God, family, country. Living a life like that, you're going to have a good life. And you're going to be confident that these people are not in control and that God is in control. And that's a really nice idea and thought, and that'll keep you going. And we'll keep going right here on The Benny Show. My name is Benny Johnson. This has been The Benny Show. See ya.